The Weekly Charge, a podcast for kids and families where we take a little time to charge as we plug in, power up, and press on with Christ. Simon, also called Peter. Chapter 1. Fisherman Simon sat on the edge of his boat, cleaning out the nets from the previous night's fishing. He was a large man, taller than most other men, with broad shoulders and strong arms. He wore a beard like all the other men, but his was just a little bit fuller, a little bit wilder. Everything about him was just a little bit bigger. His beard, his muscles, his temper, his voice, his heart. He was pleased with the previous night's catch of fish. He and his men were good at their job. They weren't the best fishermen in the region, but they could almost always count on a solid catch and a stable income. And the money was important. He had his wife to support and her mother. His wife's mother was very sick, so sick that his wife thought she might die, and soon. He didn't know how to help his wife or his mother-in-law, so he just kept on doing what he knew how to do. Fish for fish, sell the fish, and use the money from the fish to take care of his family. That's what he could do. For all the stuff he could not handle himself, all he could do then was pray. Pray that God would take care of his mother-in-law. Pray that God would take care of his wife. Pray that God would allow him to catch the fish he needed. Simon! Simon! Simon looked up to see his brother Andrew running to him. Andrew, what brings you here? I thought you had gone to see the baptizer today. I wasn't expecting to see you until he went out this evening to fish. I was with John today, yes, and something amazing happened. Simon put his nets down and looked at his brother, giving his full attention to his brother's story. Andrew had been following John the Baptist for a while now, going wherever John went and listening to his teaching. Andrew would often tell stories to Simon and their partners, James and his brother John, about the baptizer when they were out fishing at night. Some of the stories Andrew would tell were about the things John taught. Some of the stories were about arguments that John would get into with the Sadducees or Pharisees. John the Baptist did not look like an educated or wise man. He wore rough clothes made out of skins, and he ate food from the land like locusts and honey. But his words were wise. He spoke as someone who had the Spirit of God in him. He taught people about being holy and turning away from their sins. And he even told the Sadducees and Pharisees that they needed to turn away from their sins. Those men were supposed to be the most holy and religious people. They worked in the temple and studied the scriptures, and knew God's law. And here was this man out in the wilderness telling them to turn away from their sin? They did not like him. John the Baptist also would speak out against King Herod sometimes. King Herod was the ruler of the land, but he only had power because he listened to the Roman rulers. And King Herod was not a good man. He did not follow God. He did not follow the law and the scriptures. He did his own thing. But what Simon and his friends liked the most about John the Baptist was that he preached about the Messiah. He said the Messiah was coming and that he was getting people ready for the time the Messiah would arrive. And for Simon, the Messiah couldn't come soon enough. The people of Judah had been waiting for the Messiah for hundreds of years. God had promised a Messiah to come and save them, and they needed to be saved. The Romans were only the most recent kingdom to conquer Judah. Before that had been Assyria and Babylon and Persia, powerful kingdoms with powerful armies. And now it was Rome. And so Simon, like most of the people in the small nation of Judah, waited for the Messiah. 
But John the Baptist made it sound like the Messiah could come tomorrow. This was why Andrew's words amazed Simon so much. Simon, I met him. What are you talking about? Simon demanded. You met John weeks ago. It might have been months. And you said you talked to him every day. John considers you one of his disciples. And it was true. Andrew was a student of John the Baptist and spent time with the man even when John was not preaching or baptizing. No, brother, not John. I met the Messiah. Simon couldn't believe what his brother just said. What are you talking about? He said again. Andrew's smile was bigger than Simon had ever seen before. Brother, I was just standing there talking to John with another of his disciples and a man walked by. John looked at us and then pointed at the man. Look, he said, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God? Simon thought about this. Yes, Andrew said. I wasn't there, but yesterday John talked about a man and said, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And this was the same man that John baptized a short while ago. And they say the Spirit of God came down on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am very pleased. Yeah, Simon said, you've told us about that. So I'm just standing there with John and this man, and he just walks by. After John pointed him out to us, well, we went and followed him. His name is Jesus, and he saw us and talked to us. He took us to the place where he had been staying, and we spent the day with him, talking to him and listening to him. And Simon, this man is amazing. Like John? Andrew laughed. Sure, like John, but so much more. You need to find out for yourself. Come with me, brother. Come meet him. Simon looked at the nets he was cleaning. They were close enough to being finished. So he told his brother, lead the way. And the two of them left to go and find this man named Jesus. Jesus was not alone when they arrived. A couple other disciples of John were with him. But Jesus stopped talking as Simon and Andrew came closer. He greeted them with a warm smile. You. He said, looking at Simon, are Simon, son of John. Simon glanced over at Andrew. Had his brother told Jesus about him? But, Jesus said, you will be called Peter. Simon arched an eyebrow. What was that supposed to mean? Rock? That's what the name meant, but why would Jesus tell him he was going to be called this name? They spent some time there with Jesus, talking to him and listening to him. And Jesus listened to them as they talked about their lives and their jobs and what they were learning about the scripture. He was amazing. That much was true. He didn't just know scripture. He understood it. But soon enough, maybe too soon, Simon and Andrew had to leave. There was fishing that needed to be done. Not long after that, Simon was in his boat on the shore, cleaning his nets again. It was early in the day. Normally, he would have to clean them later, but normally he had needed to deal with taking care of their catch of fish from the night before. Not today. They didn't just have a bad catch. They had no catch. Nothing. A whole night of work, and there was nothing to show for it. It was like someone warned the fish where the nets would be, because every time they threw their nets and pulled them back in, there was nothing. Nothing. He was trying to think about what he would tell his wife. No fish meant no money that day, and no money meant no food. 
He was not excited about that conversation. He heard some people talking and looked up. There was Jesus, walking along the beach, a crowd following him. Jesus stopped near Simon, and Simon could hear Jesus teaching the crowd of people. He liked what Jesus said, and he loved to listen to Jesus talking. Jesus had once even mentioned to Simon and his fishing partners, James and John, that they should follow him. But how could they do that? Simon had family to take care of, especially his mother-in-law. He would follow God, yes, but he couldn't leave to follow Jesus. Simon knew the scripture and tried hard to follow the laws and commands. He didn't always succeed. Sometimes his temper got the best of him, and he said or did things that he knew God wouldn't like. Sometimes he just said or did things without thinking, and after he said it or did it, he felt bad, but he did try to do what was right. So when Jesus asked Simon if he could use the boat to teach from, Simon couldn't say no. Jesus was a good man, probably the Messiah, and the crowd kept getting bigger and pushing in on Jesus. He knew what the right thing to do was. Simon folded up his nets in the boat and waved over to his friends and fishing partners to help him push the boat back out into the water. A few of the men who worked for him helped him row the boat out just a little way so the crowd could hear Jesus, but Jesus wasn't going to be pushed into the water by the crowd. Simon finished washing his nets while Jesus spoke to the crowd. Soon, Jesus turned to Simon. I'm done now, Jesus said. All right, men, Simon said. Let's head back to shore. Jesus shook his head. No. Row into the deeper water, and then, Jesus said with a smile, let down the nets to catch some fish. Simon stared at Jesus for a moment. What did he think he was saying? Simon was an experienced fisherman. He had tried to get fish all night, and all he had was an empty boat. Did this man really think he knew better than Simon? Master, Simon said, and he meant it. He knew Jesus was special. He knew Jesus could be exactly what the baptizer had said. We've been out all night, working hard, trying to catch fish, and we've caught nothing. Nothing! Did Jesus know how rare that was? It was almost impossible to catch nothing. Jesus didn't say anything. Simon felt a little anger rising up. Frustration. How could this man just step into Simon's own boat and tell Simon to cast nets into the water in the middle of the day? They never caught fish in the middle of the day. Not to mention how bad this spot had been the night before. But he stopped himself. He wanted to say all that, but he stopped. Jesus knew things. He knew scripture and understood things about God. And maybe, just maybe, he knew something about this. But because it's you saying this, Simon said, we'll do it. I'll put out the nets. Simon turned to his crew. Head out to the deep waters, men. The other men looked at him like he was out of his mind. And maybe he was, but he had made his decision. Do it. Let's go. We don't have all day. And Simon and his men rode out to one of the usual spots. Feeling a little embarrassed, he told them to cast out their nets. Who knows? Maybe they'd get lucky and catch a few fish. More than last night, anyway. They held the nets, letting them sink into the water, waiting for the indication that it was time to pull them back in. And then, the nets pulled against their grip. Simon looked at his partners, shrugged, and said, Well, let's pull them back in. And they pulled. The nets were so heavy, though. Come on, men, put some muscle into it, Simon shouted, knowing that they already were. His crew were strong men, almost as strong as him, and all of them were straining, pulling, struggling, sweating. 
Had the net snagged on something? But no. As the edge of the net rose out of the surface of the water, there were fish. Lots of fish. Beneath the water, they could see the nets were absolutely full. We can't do this alone, one of the men shouted. As the nets came over the edge of the boat, fish spilled onto the deck. Simon couldn't believe his eyes. More and more fish came in on the nets. The nets that were still in the water were pulling down with their weight, and the fish that had already been pulled in were weighing the boat down. Simon started to panic. This was too much. They could sink. He turned toward the shore and shouted to his other partners, James and John, Hey, we need your boat. We've caught some fish, but it's, it's too much. We're sinking. It took a little while for the other men to realize what Simon was talking about. They too had been out all night with Simon and knew that nothing had been caught, so this didn't make sense to them. But they rowed over to Simon and his boat. They helped pull in the rest of the fish, and both boats were so full they were sinking. Hurry back to shore, Simon shouted. Hurry before we sink. It was absolutely unbelievable. Simon knew that Jesus was a good man, a wise man. Simon could only dream to be so good and wise. But now he really knew. Jesus was something so much more. They stood next to each other on the boat and Simon suddenly felt a little scared. Simon tried to be good and had failed so many times and now he stood next to someone who wasn't just good. He was holy. Simon fell to his knees in front of Jesus. He lowered his head, not letting himself look up at Jesus' face. He put up his hands, not to worship, but to keep Jesus away from him. Go away from me, Lord, he shouted, some tears in his eyes. I am a sinful man. I shouldn't be near you. The other men were looking at him, but he didn't care what the other men thought. In that moment, the only thing he was thinking about was Jesus. Jesus put his hand on Simon and helped him up. Don't be afraid, Simon. He motioned to the piles of fish in the two boats. From now on, you will fish for men. And Jesus then spoke to James and John and Simon. Follow me. On the shore, Simon stepped out of the boat, looking back at the heaps and heaps of fish. By now, word had spread, and the other men that he fished with had come back. Zebedee, the father of James and John, laughed when he saw the boats. What did you do? We've never brought in that much fish in one night, and you do it in one trip in the middle of the day? Andrew had come as well. It's amazing, he said, but not surprising. I've heard he's done one or two miracles before today. I wonder if he did two miracles today, Simon said. One last night when we didn't catch any fish, and one this afternoon when we did. Simon looked at the fish. This would take care of their families for a while. Could he stop being a fisherman and become a disciple of this man? Then again, how could he not? They had been waiting for the Messiah. And now, here he was, asking Simon and his brother and his best friends to be a part of his mission. Let's go, he said. We can't miss out on this. That's all for our story this week. The events in this week's story can be found in John chapter 1, Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, and Luke chapter 5. Next week, join us as we find out what happened to Peter's mother-in-law and see Peter take the strangest walk he'd ever been on. And we'll also see how Peter and the other disciples find out Jesus isn't just a man, that he's not just a great teacher, that he's not just the Messiah, 
but he's so much more. For now, as you think about the story of Peter, what is the part you remember the most? When you think about that part of the story, what does it tell you about God? Sometime this week, find some time to talk about that and talk about the story with your family. The part that I think about the most when I think about this part of Peter's life is that when Peter was asked to follow Jesus, he dropped everything so he could be a disciple. That's a follower of Jesus. This past Sunday, in our kindergarten through third grade class, we talked about Pete's feet, and I used walking shoes to remember that when Jesus asked Peter to follow him, Peter walked with Jesus. And Jesus wants you to walk with him too. Now, today, find some time to talk to your family about following Jesus. Moms and dads, this would be a great time to talk with your kids about what it means when you say you follow Jesus. Kids, what do you think following Jesus means? Talk about this with your parents. For now, thanks so much for listening. I'm Pastor Ben, and until next time, we want to remind you to charge. Plug in and connect with Christ, power up and become like Christ, and press on by being like Christ in the world. Weekly Charge is a production of the Napanee Missionary Church Kidman Department. You can find out more at nmc.church. You can find this podcast at nmckidman.com. I'm Pam, and as always, thanks for listening.